And once you've set that up, I good luck running a boosted post after that. Like yeah. I just, <laughs> you you won't see the value in doing something like that. back to click on this the podcast where we help you and your business navigate the world of digital marketing i'm zoe shepherd and today i'm here with lachlan kirkwood and we're going to be talking about facebook ads today yeah absolutely um so i'm stoked to be here first and i guess i'd really like to take this episode to clarify within the industry i guess best practices for facebook ads because i see a lot of brands out there a lot of smaller kind of niche brands um, knowing or hearing that they have to do it um, or have to, I should highlight, um, and just jumping on board and wasting a lot of their ad spend or marketing, digital marketing dollars um, on trying to do it. And it doesn't actually add any value to their business in the end. So they end up wasting a whole lot of money, a whole lot of time. Um, so I guess by the end of this episode, I'd like to give those smaller brands um, or anyone looking to get into Facebook advertising. Um, it's just some clear takeaways that they can easily implement into their own kind of ad strategy at the moment um, just to help them drive the most conversion value out of their ads. So we all see them, we all know them, we all love them, but what actually are Facebook ads and what's the difference between an actual ad on Facebook and what's like a boosted post, promoted post? Like, talk me through it. So a boosted post is a quick way that Facebook prompts a page owner to, um, I guess, drive more engagement or impressions to a particular organic post that they uh, have published. So a boosted post, you don't even need an ads manager account to create. You can do that from within your page. Um, and you'll more than likely see that when you're scrolling through, through your own newsfeed and you'll get a... Um, like an ad preview almost of what your post would look like if it was a boosted mm, post. Yeah. And it'll even prompt you and say, your ad could reach X amount of people right, if you were yeah. to put X amount of dollars behind it. So this is a great way to prompt, I guess, smaller businesses into... Um, Putting some money in. Yeah, like yeah. taking the first step to, I guess, jumping on Facebook's ad platform. And it it's such an intuitive process for people to do. Um, but at the same time, it's not very effective. Um, mm. So a boosted post is great if you would like to just easily, quickly get as many impressions or some engagement on a post. Um, and when you create it, you'll literally click a button. It'll ask you for your um, campaign objective, in which most case it will be to drive more impressions to that post. Mm. And then you just select the post that you want to use um, and it will, um, I guess, promote that to more people who fit your page's targeted audience, which is very broad, which is the downside to boosted posts. I guess that's also only good for like the brand awareness stage of what you're trying to achieve as well, right? Like it, you're yeah. not gonna get many um, like stage three kind of customers. No, definitely not. And um, I think that's where a lot of small businesses fall down that boosted post trap is that they think that, like they almost get conned into, I guess, thinking that that is a Facebook ad um, mm. and that it will like, over deliver what they expect I think um, yeah. so it doesn't really set a clear expectations as to uh, what genuine value it allows them to 
um, add to it because you can't really, um, throughout the process of making a boosted post, you can't target custom audiences, you can't implement new uh, Facebook pixel, pixel conversion events or anything like that. So it's a very top level form of ad. Um, the only like plus side to a boosted post I see is that it looks like an organic post in someone's feed. Mm. So it is a good way to drive a bit more engagement on a post. But that being said, it needs to be a post that you only want engagement from. I don't think you should expect to be driving conversions or like selling a product through a boosted post. That's mm. just not what they're for. But leeching off that, there's what's called promoted posts. So this is a bit more strategic. And it's a very similar option to a boosted post, except you create a promoted post in Ads Manager. So if you've used Ads Manager before, you can jump in, you can um, choose a conversion objective, whether it be if you want to drive just engagement to your ad, or if you want to drive traffic to your website, or even drive conversions. And you can target, or you can be a bit more strategic about the audiences that you target. You can target all of Facebook's um, audiences that they offer, such as interests, behaviors. Um, but the real power in a promoted post is that you can also target your custom audiences and create custom audiences mm. at the same time. So these are things like um, people who have liked your page or lookalike audiences or I guess data that you've imported from your CRM. Mm. Um, so it's a bit more strategic. Yeah, that's pretty helpful as well because you don't necessarily have to have a lot of um, data on your target audience to be able to kind of use Facebook's analytics and then get that data while you're actually producing that post. Is that correct? Yeah, 100%. So say if you've got, I guess, I think it's a minimum of a thousand these days. Mm. Um, if you've got a thousand users within your CRM, um, you can create a custom audience and target that to um, people who want to see a promoted post. Now, with a promoted post um, on the ad level, so in Facebook, I should take a step back and say that uh, when you create a campaign, there's three different levels that you'll need to create. There's the campaign level. So this is like the container that wraps your whole campaign setup in one. Mm. So that's where you choose your campaign objective, whether it be you want to drive traffic or conversions. Within that, you've got what's called your ad set then. So this is like an ad group, if you're familiar with PPC or Google AdWords. Um, so this is essentially where your targeting is held and where you can choose your uh, ad placements. So whether you want to post in feed, stories, or um, like the discover feed. Um, and then following that, you then have your ad level, which is where you choose your ad creative, your ad assets. You can you know create carousels, canvas ads. Um, now, the difference with a promoted post from a normal Facebook ad is that on the ad level, um, so everything prior to this is the exact same as the Facebook ad itself, but on the ad level, instead of creating a actual Facebook ad, um, so an ad is what they call a dark post, where essentially there's no way to see it unless you're targeted with it or if you click on the ads and info tab on someone's profile. So it's not an organic post. So you won't be just scrolling through your feed and see that a page has published that because it technically they haven't. A promoted post, on the other hand, is essentially an organic post. Mm. So if um, Red X Digital was to post a Facebook update, we could then grab the ID of that post and add that into um, the ad field. And instead of using a dark post ad, it would use that organic post and drive that um, to our targeted audience. Um, so that could be the lookalike audience in that case. So essentially, if someone sees that ad, um, it would look like an organic post. Mm. Uh, it wouldn't have a CTA button. Mm. Um, it would just look like a genuine um, piece of content. 
and they could also go onto our page and then also see that within our feed because it is technically a promoted organic post. Okay. Whereas a Facebook ad, you create that in the back end of Facebook essentially. Mm -hmm. So there's no way for that to just be on your profile at any given time. Yeah. So what they mean by a dark post is essentially it's hidden in the dark until you shine light on it, which is showing it to your target audience. Right. If that makes a bit of sense. And so your target audience will see that whenever they're targeted with the ad or if and it will just like it. come up on their normal news feed yeah like a normal ad yeah yeah, yeah, yeah cool, cool. correct um but yeah so that's a bit of clarity i guess between a boosted post a promoted post and an actual ad um and i think it it's so important to understand the different formats and what part they play um within your whole facebook ad strategy um personally if you really want to get the most value um well i guess the most quick value as much as I hate that word um, <laughs> is uh, by running Facebook ads themselves as I said boosted posts uh, they have a purpose but their purpose isn't to drive conversions and I guess at the end of the day if you're not driving conversions or you're not driving to um, aim for leads or conversions in Facebook ads I personally just think that you're wasting um, as I said your time and your money on mm. that yeah but you're still not going to see like results overnight from no definitely not <laughs> yeah, with all digital marketing, it yes. happens in a long <laughs> process. So once you've got um, your head around all the different kinds of Facebook ads that you can that you can make or posts, I guess, how can you actually measure how well those ads are doing? So can you just tell by how many likes or shares or views or like how do you think is the best way to, to know that you're doing a good job? Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really good question, actually. Um, and again, this is where a lot of businesses make the mistake of I guess falling for those vanity metrics, yeah. um, so page followers, likes, right. which of course in a broader picture can play a certain role, but if you're just striving to acquire followers for your page and thinking that that is the objective of a Facebook ad, you might be in the wrong situation there and you might be disappointed with the value that it can bring to you. And look, it's subject to each campaign that you run. So. I guess if you were to, um, you hear a lot of buzzwords when it comes to social, mm. paid social, impressions, engagement, cost per click, conversions, what does it all mean, of course. Um, so I think that it's really important to understand what each particular ad you run is trying to achieve. Mm. So if you're trying to run a paid ad that will acquire followers to your page, which is um, can be helpful in some cases, um, I guess your goal then is to drive people to follow mm, your page. Mm. Um, so a boosted post might be good in that regard. Correct, yeah. yeah. Um, and you might promote that post for engagement and you might measure the success of that um, by engagement, um, mm. not link clicks or anything like that. If you were to, on the other hand, run an ad with a link to a blog post that you wanted to drive people, um, wanted mm. to drive traffic to your website, I guess link clicks or landing page views would be the objective of that, and that's yeah. how you would measure the success of that. Yeah. Um, so you really just have to know what it is that you're actually looking for before you can get those answers. Yeah, yeah. correct. But the real power is, again, if you are running conversion-based ads, is taking the time to put a Facebook pixel on your website and create custom conversion events in the Audience Manager tool. So essentially what this is is um, you just grab a Facebook pixel, which is a string of code that you add to the header field of your website. Um, and what that will do is uh, monitor any users who come from a Facebook source on your website. 
Um, so this allows you to create retargeting audiences, but the real power is that, say if we were to have a product on our website um, and we were driving people from a Facebook ad to that product page, we could identify when someone not only lands on that particular page, mm. but if they were to check out, the final URL that they would land to would have a string in it that says checkout or order mm. purchase complete. You could then create a custom event in Facebook where it would register anyone who comes from a Facebook ad and finishes on that checkout page. Mm. So it registers that URL string. And essentially that would attribute to a conversion. Right. And you can be even more specific to add, um, if you've got unique URLs for each product, you could add it or attribute a dollar value to that particular custom event. Yeah. So you could say this product's worth $40, this one's worth $100. So you could see what ads actually are driving tangible dollars to um, your store. Mm. Um, so that's where the real power is, I think. And that's when you can start optimizing your campaigns for objectives. And you can really start to get a, um, a good oversight is understanding like what, I guess, a successful conversion looks like to you. Yeah, um, and that's super helpful with budgeting as well to, to realize what it is that you actually need to be putting towards an yes. ad to see it do well. And once you've set that up, I good luck running a boosted post after that. Like, yeah. I just, <laughs> you, you won't see the value in doing something like that. Um, definitely, it takes time and it's for, I guess, those more advanced businesses, especially if you're in the e-com space. Um, mm. But look, again, it could come down to like a lot of B2B clients that we work with, like a lot of their ad objectives are for um, lead gen ads, for mm. instance. So they want to acquire users to the mm. database. Like that's what a conversion looks like for them. Um, so we work with them to, I guess, drive the most conversions at the lowest cost for that. Yeah. So speaking of, um, how do I actually drive more conversions from my Facebook ads? Pretty loaded question. But Great question. Yeah. <laughs> Very broad. Um, yeah, look, it comes down to, again, I've said this for the past two answers, I know, but what exactly are you trying yeah. to achieve from it? Um, a good example, though, that's something I wanted to cover, um, something that is of value that our listeners can take away and implement into their own Facebook campaigns is something I've ran in the past and do with some of our clients that's really effective, and that's essentially an ad funnel. Mm. So essentially this is where you leverage all different types of campaign objectives, custom audiences, and they play a role in impacting each other, which at the end drives an end conversion with tangible value. Like so dominoes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about the uh, domino sticks or the domino's pizza? <laughs> uh, the, the sticks, but I guess Domino's also does this really well. They do this really well, <laughs> yes. Um, so what I mean by this is by, I guess, starting broad with what you're doing um, similar to all digital marketing picture it as a funnel you want to get as many people in at the top and this could be from creating a piece of valuable content that targets a wider audience to help drive followers to your page so this could be uh, a video if Red X was to do this as an example let's say we were to create a video with five takeaways to drive more conversions from your Facebook audience uh, and the call to action to that would be follow our page to mm. find out more or listen to catch our weekly podcast, which mm. you definitely should do if you're yes, listening. Yes, subscribe, please. Um, but from there, that would play a bigger role into the next stage, which you could then create a more specific piece of content um, promoting the audience who follows your page to drive them to your website. So mm. we could then create an ebook that's the 10 best takeaways for um, creating your own podcast or the 10 best tips for um, targeting Facebook ads. 
Um, that could be an ebook. We would drive people from an ad to our website, um, in which those people would then become a part of our retargeting audience mm. for our next campaign, which yes. would be a conversion-based ad. Um, and if you were trying to sell a tangible product, let's say if we had an event that we were running in Brisbane um, and we wanted to sell tickets to that event, um, we could then target those people who have visited our website recently yeah. um, with a conversion-based ad, um, getting them to, yeah, essentially hand over that money. Um, it sounds kind of sneaky as well, but I'm wondering, could you also somehow use Facebook to find the ones that actually only live in Brisbane and then target them as well? Yeah, of course. You can very easily target in your ad set level um, based on people who live within a certain area as well. So it's um, all about just adding the variables together. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And knowing what you can do with what data you have. Yes. So I think the most important thing for any business across any facet of digital marketing is is to try and acquire um, or host user data on your own website. Yeah. So it's better to, I guess, have a lead generation campaign that you can then own that user's data with their consent, of course, yes. um, as opposed to relying on third parties or trying to target interests or different types of targeting parameters in Facebook because, look, they change all the time, but if you can own your customer's data, you can do so much with that, like mm. lookalike audiences, mm. um, tightening different parameters like location, age, adding different interest fields on that. Like there's just so much fun that you can have once you've kind of got that data. Yeah, and there's probably so many people out there I feel that just don't even realize the amount of data that they're sitting on. No, that's they, very true. They don't um, even know that like you can you can use um, Facebook, I guess, for, for good yeah, and look, I think that as um, a lot of businesses move into a more data-driven digital marketing approach, they are starting to uncover yeah. the wealth of data that they had because traditionally we just sit in a CRM like MailChimp and, you know, once every month you'd send out an email blast mm. to these people, but, like, that data is so powerful. So priceless, um, yeah. Yeah, and look, a big thing that I love using in Facebook is lookalike audiences because you can essentially up load that data to Facebook, mm. it'll register the common traits between those users and then find other users that look like that. Mm. Um, and yeah, like it's just so powerful and then inquiring your next round of users. Um, and it's a really great way to scale, I think, your audience as a whole. Yeah. I mean, everyone is on Facebook, so you might as well use the demographic power of that to your benefit. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. So speaking of target market as well... How do you actually get it as accurate as possible? I know we just talked about lookalike audiences, um, and you were saying that you need need like a thousand pieces of data to kind of start start building. Is that am I right? Yeah. Um, so I guess I'd speak on a more broader hold to start with on Facebook targeting. So. Mm -hmm. The easiest way for you to dive into Facebook on when you create an ad, as I mentioned, on the ad set levels where you create your audience targeting, um, you can jump right in there and you can target people based on their interests, their behaviors, um, certain kind of demographics that they have. Um, and unfortunately, if you have been running Facebook ads um, for the past year or so, you'd notice that recently Facebook, or at the end of last year, did decide to tighten these parameters down a bit. Mm. You did used to be able to target people based on their socio um, income. So you could target right. people who owned a certain amount or were a particular ethnicity. I don't know why. Yeah, there's lots of different like parameters that aren't there anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's so important. And this is where I think social media comes down to almost like a social psychology is that you need to be able to put yourself in your user's shoes and yeah. think like they do. And you need to think about what interests they have, where they're 
going to be looking on the internet or uh, what particular demographics they have. Um, and look, the, the best way I'd do this is just to recommend to sit down in Facebook for half an hour and just go through every single targeting parameter there is. You'd mm. be so surprised. Um, I had a quick look again before um, this podcast and there's just so many that I forget about, like targeting people who are in relationships or right. targeting people who have friends that have a birthday oh my coming. So like yeah. there's so many gifts. Yeah, yeah, small things that you can do. You can target people who are fans of like soccer. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's just so many great um, targeting parameters that a lot of people just don't know about or forget about. And look, I'm guilty of that myself. Yeah, I think you raise a really good point as well that if you're selling to people who aren't a lot like yourself, then you really need to talk to those people, you know. That's where maybe surveying or um, even just calling customers can come into play as well. Yeah, 100%. And look, I think that comes down to a broader understanding Mm. of knowing your products, knowing Mm. your market. Um, So I think you should have all that information prepared before you even decide to jump into Facebook targeting. Mm. So Because um, with social media, it's it's so important to get it um, as genuine, I feel, as possible. 100%. And yeah, you'll be able to see from there that... um, like your cost per acquisition will reduce significantly. Mm. Um, But look, I think the real power of targeting is within custom audiences. So this is separate from interest or behavioral based targeting. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're in Facebook Ads Manager, you can dive into the Audience tab. um, And this is where you can create some really powerful audiences. So I guess what I mean by this is um, this is where you can upload your custom audiences. You can create lookalike audiences, which Mm. I think is really powerful. You can also create lookalike audiences based off people who like your page. Um, oh. That's a really cool one. Um, so people who have certain interests, I guess, is kind of where you'd be getting with that. Mm. Um, you can also create lookalike audiences of people who have engaged with certain posts. Mm. So a really good example I heard is that you could create a video. It could be a 15-second video that's really easy to consume. Mm. And you could share that within different Facebook groups or different Facebook pages. And then you can create a custom audience of anyone who is engaged for three seconds of that video. Mm. So pretty much by the time that they've looked at it and got some sort of value out of it, um, you can essentially add them into a targeted audience. Oh, that's um, awesome, yeah. Now, of course, all that data is aggregated, so you don't know exactly who those people are. Yeah. Um, but from that as well, you can create a lookalike audience off the back of that custom audience. Mm. So, yeah, it just compounds, And you mentioned the Facebook groups as well. I know that Facebook has been really favoring um, groups in terms of their marketing lately as a strategy rather than pages. Mm. Um, so how best do groups align with a target market since it is, you know, a group of people? Can you can you really attack that? Yeah, that I think it's a, it's a very touchy subject at the moment. It's something right. that, like, me on a personal level, I'm mm. also trying to get into. Yeah. Um, so groups are essentially communities of very niche people Mm. um, or users and they're all about value Mm. I can't stress that enough Mm. Um, there's specific rules that you obviously can't promote or self-promote in a group so groups are really about empowering value Mm. Um, so I think that if you're a brand and you're trying to engage with users in a group which you can now interact in a group as a company page um, it's a relatively new feature Mm. But you need to go in giving as much value away as possible yeah. um, and not expecting anything back until you build the trust within that community. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, being strategic about knowing at what time you can 
create those custom audiences mm. based off the back of your content. Um, because also if you're an admin of a group, the downside is that you can't target those particular people in your group. It's right. not a targeting option yeah. yet, I hope. Yeah. Um, whereas if you own a Facebook page, you can target people, as I mentioned, that like your page. You can't target people who are in your group. Mm. Um, I'd love to see that come out. But in the meantime, yeah, you just need to be strategic about like, posting particular content and then targeting people who have engaged with that. Mm. Um, you don't want to end up with the whole um, Trump 2016 situation on your hands and no. giving away data. No, no, <laughs> I think we've come a long way. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but look, again, I'd really recommend that you sit down and take a look through all the different types of custom audiences that you can create. You can create um, custom audiences based off events that happen on your website, as I mentioned, in your app as well. If you're an app developer and you want to target people who have done a certain um, event, and you can connect that through Mixpanel if you've already got um, a custom event set up there. It's really easy to set up. Um, but look, the real power in that as well is knowing when to not only target users, but exclude users. Mm. So let's say I've created a lookalike audience from people who have bought a product on my e-commerce store. Right. Um, now, a smart thing to do would be to then exclude any users um, who have purchased, so anyone in my original custom audience yeah. from that lookalike audience. Just because essentially custom audiences or any audiences on Facebook, they're all aggregated, they're all a black box, so you don't mm. really have any foresight as to what's happening in that. Yeah. So it's better to play it safe than sorry, I guess, um, sending someone an ad that's irrelevant to them. Mm. It's like when you go to a website, you see a product you like, you buy it, but you still get hit with retargeting ads for the next week. Yeah. Um, so it's so important to constantly update your CRM yeah. and then input that data back into Facebook and exclude those users just mm. so you're not wasting your ad dollars on it because that's when you'll really start to see your CPAs rise. And those people also will probably not come back to the to your store if they feel like they're being spammed. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's so important to do that. Um, and like that's, I think, where a lot of the power is. Um, I've ran Facebook ads where essentially we'd be targeting one audience and then we'd have five different excluded audiences just yeah. to make sure there's no crossover yeah. between any other ad sets that we're running at the time. Um, it's just, yeah, it's a great way to make sure that you're getting the most out of your ad dollars that you're spending. Of course. So I spoke a little bit about this before, but um, is it truly just a misconception that you need thousands of followers before you can actually attract attention from Facebook ads or onto your Facebook page? Yeah, look, I definitely think so. Um, it definitely plays a role in helping improve your ad quality score mm. if you have a bit of an audience already built there. So essentially when you are to run an ad, um, similar to if you do it on AdWords, um, you get marked on a quality score. Because when you purchase an ad on Facebook, you're going into an auction with every other brand that wants yeah. to target users um, with those particular interests. Um, so you're bidding against them for that user's placement, essentially. Mm. Um, now, it's not a case of just whoever can throw the most money at Facebook. It's mm. about showing the most quality um, or most relevant piece of content to that user. Right. Now, a good way to improve your quality score is to have uh, all your ad fields filled out on your ad, um, mm. use text that's relevant to them, um, but there's also uh, more off-platform things that influence this, such as um, like your landing page experience that you have. If users are driving to driven to your website and then bouncing off that, like Facebook will recognize that they're back on your their platform. So right. 
um, yeah, that will impact your ad score. Um, but a big way to improve it is to essentially publish content consistently mm. um, on your page. And I think it also speaks to a user experience perspective of if I see a Facebook ad and then I click on or I'm interested in that brand, I haven't heard of them, and I click through to their page, and I see their page is a bit of a ghost town because they're not publishing content. Mm. I personally would question the authenticity of that yeah. page, um, which then as an end user I might not want to purchase anything from their website yeah so it's good for social proof in that matter um building trust yeah correct yeah. and look i think we're well and truly past the stage of um you know followers isn't the world that we're trying to i don't know we're not trying to achieve that anymore the most followers on your facebook page like that's yeah. um we're really starting to be a bit more strategic with the way that social media is ran especially paid social um but yeah, it, it helps to mm. have that kind of sense of social proof there. And look, that's where things like tying this back up to the start of it is where your boosted posts could come in is that it might help drive a bit of social yeah. proof on your um, posts or your existing page. Mm. So you don't need thousands of followers, but it helps. <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is, is the general consensus. Right. So takeaway messages, I feel consistency is key. Um, repurposing content in original ways and intuitive ways and also through multiple platforms as you were saying with um, you know using those call to actions effectively and and really building on uh, lead gen ads and then actually um, yeah expanding on that on your website maybe um, oh there's so many things that you said I don't know yeah. what else I can say to wrap this up. There's just so much. Yeah, I, I guess like that... talk for hours. Yeah, <laughs> if I was to say anything is that um, be strategic about the way you're doing it. Um, read as much as possible. Uh, and paid social changes overnight. Mm. So there's new ad targeting features, exclusions. Um, Facebook in particular, if that is your paid social. Uh, of course, like LinkedIn, Twitter, they can all come into mm. that umbrella as well. Um, but in particular, yeah, you need to be on the forefront of what's possible um so read about the new custom audiences that come out read about the new uh, targeting exclusions make sure that you know where you can get the most value out of it and i guess i'd like to finish by saying that um you need to understand how it's going to add real tangible value to your business or brand it's not about vanity metrics as we mm. talked about it's about driving real value yeah um, to your brand excellent Cool. Well, thanks, Lachlan. It's always a treat. If you want to find out more about any of this, you want to ask any questions, um, feel free to get in touch with us. We are Red X Digital on just about everything, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. You can also go to our website, redxdigital.com. Yeah. Thanks, Lachlan. Thank you very much. And thank you all for listening. Bye.